Good evening, time being six o'clock. Get used to saying seven. Uh, I call the police station building committee of August 23rd, 2023 to order. Uh, first order of business is just to let everybody, all citizens, are welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Meetings are also live streamed and archived by Franklin TV on the Franklin Town Hall TV YouTube channel. Meetings are also shown live and on repeat on Comcast Channel 11 and Verizon Channel 29. In an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens are welcome to continue to participate remotely via phone or Zoom. The Zoom link is, uh, I'm sorry, the phone number is 929-205-6099 and the Zoom ID is 860-7987-6553 and then you need to hit the pound sign. Once again, the Zoom ID 860-7987-6553 pound. Our first order of business is this evening is to have the town clerk uh, give us the oath of office. So please. Thank you. I'm going to ask you all to stand and raise your right hand. Do you solemnly swear that you will faithfully and impartially perform the duties incumbent upon you as a member of the police station building committee to the best of your ability? So help you God. You may proceed. Congratulations, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Thanks. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, I think probably the first thing we should do is introduce ourselves and maybe we'll just go right around uh, who you are, a little bit about you, and then we'll move on. Gary, you wanna start? Sure, thank you. My name is Gary Primo. I'm the executive director of the Metacomet Emergency Communication Center. We dispatch for our police and fire for Franklin and five other towns. Uh, before that, I spent 23 years with Chief Lynch and his department in various roles from dispatch through communications and radios. Thank you, David. Hi, Andressa Rosa with the Franklin Police Department. I've been an officer with the Franklin Police Department for a little over six years. Thank you. Uh, Jim West, Deputy Chief of Police for Franklin, and before that, I was on the Winthrop Police Department. Brian Chandler, I'm retired from the Franklin Police Department, and I am going for my third term on the town council. Thank you, Brian. Chief. Uh, Chief Thomas Lynch. Uh, I've been the chief here in Franklin for the past seven years. I've been with the department for almost 28. Um, yeah, I hope to be in Brian's shoes, not the council thing. But <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we finish this project, uh, probably four or five years. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Kelsey Alexander, I am a civil engineer, worked you know, for heavy construction, and I moved to Franklin two years ago, so love in the town. Thank you. David? I am Dave Pellegri. I grew up in Franklin, lived here most of my life. 
um, registered civil engineer in the past 10 years worked for a local uh, land developer. Hi, uh, Robert Tolaco, uh, Franklin Town Council. Uh, and I actually work for Massport, we're at the airport, and um, I am going for my sixth, right? Going for my sixth term <laughs> town council. Thank you. Uh, Tom Mercer, uh, currently the chairman of the town council and have chaired a few of the most recent uh, building committees within the town chaired the high school building committee, Horace Mann building committee, senior center building committee. That's enough for now. <laughs> <laughs> and like Councillor DeLarco, uh, we, yeah, we can't run together. <laughs> yeah, we can't run together, so I must be going for my <laughs> Okay, thank you one and all, and welcome, and thank you for giving of your time. Um, Jim, do you want to do a little lead-in to before we go sure. over a little overview of the construction? Yeah, uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman, and through you, the committee. So, um, uh, first, I'd be remiss if I said we're here. Uh, I thought uh, Chief Lynch might make that comment. We talked about it earlier. It seems uh, we've been talking about this a long time. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Mr. D'Angelo to our right is the facilities director for both the town and schools. Chair, I know you know this, but uh, Mike has virtually either built or renovated every single public facility, every school facility in town, except the police station. So he's going to get it by example. Mr. Chair, I know you two know each other very well. Your list was a little shorter than it should have been, but uh, in all seriousness, it really, really is exciting to be here. You know, it's been a lot of talk for a lot of years about this, and it's great to have the support of the town council to be able to uh, get a charge through. Um, really quickly, Mike's going to go through uh, some of the details in the memo. Tonight's a great opportunity, I hope, for any of the members or anybody on Zoom to ask any questions about, you know, we know there's a lot of terms that people have to learn and there's a lot of procedural elements and who does what and this is a very new thing for a lot of people. So that's also exciting to engage uh, some new folks and want to thank all the committee members, um, particularly also the professionals who um, are spending extra time um, out of their regular day jobs to be here. Uh, it means a lot to everybody. Mike's gonna walk us through what the process will be from a view from maybe 10,000 feet. Um, I can assure you when we get through it, um, the good news is, is, as everybody will hear about the OPM, um, which is a key acronym, um, and uh, the OPM will be explained in a little bit, but um, hopefully everybody will have their questions answered tonight about uh, the process or how things go or when their input is, is needed, uh, the time commitment, and then uh, the future meeting schedule. We talked a little bit about offline, but we just wanted to talk to the committee about uh, dates, if these are good days, Wednesdays, and stuff like that to me. So um, I guess I'll pass it over to Mike to uh, walk us through if you committee wants. Okay, Mike, you've been here before. Yes, so many times. But I just wanted to go through the basic steps. We've done this so many, I, I mean, I've been involved in all the projects. I've been in Franklin for 25 years, earlier in August, and I'm excited about this. We definitely need a new police station. Um, it's just gotten so much bigger. 91 was actually a really long time ago, and as the town has grown, and the staff of the police department has grown. Um, I don't know, but I go down there and walk around a lot, and 
it's really jammed. It's, there's no way that they can operate. Um, there's nothing in the police department that really is. The locker rooms is really big enough to take care of the people that work there every day. So, um, OPM, owner, project manager, and you can ask questions anytime you want. But so basically, Chapter 149 is building buildings. Uh, and that falls, is really what we're doing, and that falls under that statute. We have to, we're required to hire an owner project manager for any project over $1.5 million. The OPM law came into effect after we built Keller Sullivan, although the Keller Sullivan Building Committee actually did, as we were interviewing clerks, we actually interviewed um, the owner of a, Richard Marks, owner of a firm called Daedalus Construction. And he actually was one of the first people to start doing owner project management. And so you hire an OPM, um, and they work with us from day one, including hiring the architect. So we put out an RFP, and RFP is request for proposals. Sorry. Um, and they're non-price proposals. So everybody submits their qualifications, who their people are, uh, who they're assigning, including like a clerk. And they'll put that all in big binders, and there'll be a lot of qualifications based on you know projects they've done, big projects, small projects. Uh, police station, public safety projects would really lead it. Um, once we get the RFP out, we'll have a walkthrough for prospective firms just so they can come in and ask us questions. We'll have it at the police station um, so they can you know, see what we're looking at. We do have a number of uh, firms that have worked on other projects or people that worked on other projects that worked for Daedalus and they're all interested in being a part of this project. And so I've already been making a few calls just to let them know that this is coming along. They've been bugging me for ever since we first said we were gonna start this. Um, once you get your proposals, we'll have evaluations in them, uh, go through the proposals list by list, see what they've done, see where they've been, and then basically narrow it down to three firms you want to interview. The interview is probably one of the most important parts of the uh, evaluation process. You're going to see you know, what they stand for, whether you like them, their personality, what they've done. A lot of times shaking it down through, um, you'll find a firm we were interviewing for a company to design the new DPW and um, DPW admin building. And three firms came in. One had done two DPWs, the other had done five or six DPWs. The people we actually hired to design it um, had done 25 in Massachusetts. And it turned out great. There were, it was a Janet Fleming, they were a great firm. Um, they don't do as much of that. They were more, they were like a big dig con um, designer. 
don't know if it's a claim to fame or a claim to, but they uh, designed the attachment of the CLE panels that started falling down. But it was interesting, we were doing the DPW at that time, and even though they did the design, as you know, on the big dig, none of the firms that did the design actually were managing the project as Bechtel was. And that was actually done wrong, and that's why it failed. But we were working with the guy during that time. So we'll be interviewing the firms, um, and it's based just on quality. So everything you, you hire, nobody submits a price. The price is negotiated with the town administrator after we picked a firm. If you can't reach a, a deal um, with the first firm, you'd move to the second firm. That doesn't happen a lot. Although on the high school, we kicked off the top two firms and end up going with the third. And that was a good decision. Um, we didn't pick the order of the firms. MSBA did, actually. And the third firm did great work for us. Um, but then in the end decided that it was more advantageous for the high school building committee to get into the model school program. We saved a ton of money. We got a great school uh, at the expense of him, you know, giving us good advice at the expense of him losing $5 million in fees for his firm. Um, he took, took that chance and told us what he thought. And so that was Castle Blues Associates. They did, um, I worked with them back in the early 2000s. They designed the Keller Sullivan School. So, and they've been, they're working with me right now on um, Davis Sayre Reuse Committee. Then we sign a contract with whoever it is. Um, and then we just jump right into hiring an architect. So, and we go through the same, same set of standards. You do exactly the same thing, putting out the RFPs, having the walkthrough, you know, they'll all submit proposals. Um, there are a number of firms in Massachusetts who specialize in uh, the design of police and fire, public safety buildings, or standalone stations. So there's enough people out there. Uh, when we were interviewing for the fire station building committee, one of the designers came in and he, he started off his speech by saying what a beautiful building he had designed for the Franklin Police Department on the other side of town. <laughs> and everybody went, oh, there's no way we're letting this guy design our new fire station. <laughs> and, and even some of the best designers of, um, I don't know if they're the best. You need to have somebody who work, you can work with, you trust. It gives you good advice in both of these positions. Good firms, good, once you're hiring your architect, you're also hiring all their engineers, so you're looking at who who you already know, who you like, um, who's gonna do a good HVAC design, electrical design, civil design. All those things are real important to this project becoming a very good success. So that will be a big, a big thing. 
I mean, I've been doing, so I've worked for Franklin for 25 years. Um, I've been doing almost the exact same thing for a total of 35 years. That's uh, facilities director. I worked for the Archdiocese of Boston. I worked for the town in Nantucket. Um, and I've been doing construction management since I was 22 years old. I'm a lot older now. <laughs> um, once we hire them, we'll go into schematic design. That's really where a lot of ideas will come out. Um, maybe and probably even before we actually hire an architect, we'll go out and look at some police stations. That would be my as a committee. <laughs> you know, before we even get to that, right after we get the OPM, that actually gives you one of the best reads on, you know, how good a job they did, whether you like it. I mean, when we did the fire station, we went a whole batch of places. Um, seniors had the same thing. Just, we really, um, that's where you get a feeling. If they hate the station, you're not going to hire the guy. You need people that will listen to you, build what you want to do. And remember, all these, in the end, when managing the project, these people all work for us. That's a big, that's a big thing. The architect does not tell a building committee they advise, but in the end, we're all the owner, and we need to do what we want to do. Um, then we'll get into schematic design. So we have $150,000 already set aside that the council voted two years ago. Two years ago, and. Um, might have been three. Might have been three. <coughs> two. I've lost track. I think it's two minutes ago. It might be two times. Yeah, yeah. But that'll be a, so that'll get you started. And that's, that's when we'll be, you know, you've gone out and seen other police buildings, public safety buildings, and really develop a program. You know, what does it need? How big does it need to be? There's a lot of stuff in a police station. Uh, fire stations, there's a lot of things. Communication is a big thing. Um, there's a lot more complicated things in public safety buildings than there actually is in a school. School is, gets cookie cutter after a little while. It's got a lot of classrooms. But this one, there's a lot of things that are unique only to police stations. It'll be important to make sure we get the best things we need to work the best with the program. Um, and how we start hacking the chief's wish list. <laughs> 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 Coming in with <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny because you go places and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, you know, what a great, like when we were at the senior center, we went to some places and we went to Duxbury because they had just built this great senior center. But nobody was there. And it was the oddest thing, and the thing leaked like a sieve. Um, there were just, everything was wrong. And after that, I think we'd gone to Bellingham, but we were in Marshfield. And we walk into the senior center, 
parking lot is packed, the place is packed, we go through all the rooms, happy people doing, you know, all this stuff, just, it totally made us think like, wow, you know, this is all the ideas that people had put into that senior center. It was on one level, it was easy to access, everything was right, um, and we ended up hiring the architect who designed that. And so Franklin Senior Center is actually extremely similar to the Marshfield Senior Center. Afterwards, I kind of thought about it a little more. And um, people in Duxbury don't necessarily go to the Senior Center, they go to the Yacht Club. It, it just wasn't a fit at all for us. Um, we never looked back. Uh, site selection, whether we're doing so there's no predetermined, I have no predetermined notions at this moment. And as a building committee member, you should be open to anything, whether it's adding, I guess I do probably have some, but adding to it, um, building a new building on a new site, that means we have to find a site. There aren't a ton of sites left in Franklin that are of a good size to build this building on the existing site is surrounded by wetlands, not enough parking. I mean, it has all a whole host of things that are wrong on day one and probably not even able to overcome. I mean, he's never had, they've never had enough parking and the wetlands are totally around the entire building. Really, that's where the OPM the owner's project manager will be a big part of that as well and will help guide us through that piece. So we'll be looking at, I mean, we'll take a look at the existing site, but we'll have to do, we're definitely going to go out and look at anything we can find in Franklin that is in a good location for a police station. I mean, we had some comment, we had some discussion the other night at the Davis there. Um, and police and fire are very different types of buildings. Uh, firemen are always at their station unless they're on a call. His guys are always out on the street doing their job um, around town in Franklin mm -hmm. somewhere. So it's, it's kind of a different, very different animal. Um, if we need to purchase a site, but we want a good location, makes it that it also has some privacy. Um, you're taking people in and out of the building. You, there's a lot of good things and there's a lot of people who will guide us through that stuff. Um, schematic design, rough budget estimates. The schematic will, will require a number of um, building committee meetings, because that's where it starts getting hashed out. I mean, not just in general of the program, what we need, uh, and come up with something. Like I say in the last step, at every step of design, both the OPM and the architect provide estimates. So we've got two estimates by professional estimators. Some OPMs have their own estimating departments, some use outside. Uh, but at every level, we want to know what this, roughly what this thing's going to cost. And the reality is, the costs have skyrocketed in the past 
even in the past five years. It's unbelievable. But I mean, we built we built Franklin High School for 104 million dollars, soup to nuts, everything. We even gave back a couple million at the end. Um, we got everything we could have ever wanted, and more. And, and more. Yeah. And just the high schools being built today are 250, 250 million dollars. Um, more than that. <laughs> and uh, way more. <laughs> yeah, Tri County will be three. Two ninety three. Yeah, crazy stuff. Um, so then you move into design development. That's where everybody gets into. All the engineers really start. So with schematic design, you're really just working with the architect and the OPM. And once you get into design development, then you start working with all their engineers, civil, structural, um, mechanical, electrical, plumbing is usually all under one one roof. Um, so that's when we start flushing stuff out. There are frequent building committee meetings, and then much more detailed <coughs> estimates. Um, all through this time, I'm looking at drawings and sets and seeing what they're doing. I mean, we have a lot of preferences. We have a lot of things that at some point you'll vote on that are proprietary in Franklin, that every building has the same stuff in it, has the same type of hardware on the doors. It has say carpeting, manufacturer, not that looks the same. Um, HVAC things that are advantageous and make our buildings cheaper to maintain, let us stock tons of materials. Um, that hardware is the, all those closers, the crash bars are made by a company called the Legion. There's really only two companies in the world today that own all the hardware manufacturers. That stuff's literally forever. It's a little bit more money, but it literally, um, you're not chasing your tail around. That's a huge piece of this when we get into that, is the proprietary pieces uh, that Mike has become very familiar with and what we have uh, in our existing build buildings uh, and what's worked and hasn't worked. Uh, and to be compatible is a huge piece. So we will look for, to Mike for his guidance when we start dealing with the proprietary stuff. And, there's, and it's totally legal, you just, I'll give you a, a list and the reasons we do these certain things. And even down to the basis of Keen, Keen is, um, I have one key that opens every door in every town building. We haven't quite got there with the, but a lot of schools, the schools that we built, um, we kind of do the same thing. But there's a hierarchy of keys. Um, certain people, like like my staff, me and my staff, carry those keys. So we can walk into the fire or the senior center or anywhere and open it up. But the people that work in each building only have the keys to like their building. It's, but it's a way to, you know, surveillance. Um, the police station will have way more, you 
know, access control. They just keep people in instead of keep them out. So that'll all go through. Um, once we get through design development, you get the estimates. And that's when we finally approve, you know, what we're really building. And then it's several months of work just putting the documents together so we can go out to do it. That will have, you know, it takes months to put that stuff together. Frequent review, OPM, the always looking at plans, always, you know, changing brands or changing things, making more things prioritary. Um, and then a fi final pre-bid estimate by both, so that we know with pretty much certainty when we go out to bid where it's gonna land. I mean, the economy plays a, a big role in that, and who the contractor's bidding on it makes a big role in that. Um, Agostini Construction was Bill Keller Sullivan, and that was a good experience. They're very reputable. Just a small group of people run a really huge construction firm, but work very well with owners. And when they got to high school, uh, that was a relief. That all of a sudden it's like, okay, we got a good contractor. He's not, not trying to scam us. They're gonna build what they need to build, you know. And I don't know hundreds of times the project manager would call me up and say, can you come by? You know, is this really what you want? This is what they designed, you know, do you want this or something else? And sometimes it was like, no, I don't want that. Or yeah, that's exactly what I want. They were listening. Um, AI3 was pretty good. They were a good school designer and we were lucky to be the 11th, I think 11th out of 12 model schools, so they actually flushed out a lot of problems with the original building. I mean, Norwood has one, Natick has one. The one that was built after us was Marshfield. That was the last model school to come built in Massachusetts. And then we just, at that point, we go to bed. Um, we will do on this project something we did on the high school that's uh, helps us greatly, subcontractor and general contractor pre-qualification. So there's a lot of people out there that, there's a lot that I'd like to work with again, there's a lot that I'd never work with again. And I always love when I get a pre-qual, I got one for a company that could have done a lot better job for us on the high school, and we ended up on a very negative with Agostini on our side and this company on the other side. Um, and I just love when they send me pre-qual packs. Because uh, they'll never get hired by most companies, most communities in Massachusetts again. Just because they did not do what they were supposed to do. Uh, so we do that. We advertise in the Central Register. Every contractor out there in the world peruses the central register constantly or has firms that do it for them. And we should get a lot of bids. It's, I mean, I think Franklin is a, um, a good place for people to, for 
a contractor to work. We're not obsessive about. We try to help a contractor. Building a building is not just um, a contractor or architecture. It's a group of people as a team who work a project together. And it's an everybody, and everybody leaves every job meeting with homework and things they have to get done before they show up to the next meeting that's on your agenda that just keeps going. And if everybody works together, the architect, the engineers, the OPM and their staff, which includes uh, a clerk, which they'll supply, member of the building committee, the chair. So we go through these things and do all these meetings and everybody is working for one goal, you know, to get the best building built, uh, to catch something that might have got missed and get it done. Never build it wrong, always build it right. You'll spend, you will spend extra money on change orders because something won't turn out directly as we wanted it. But fix it, get it to where you want to be so when you finish that building, it's as perfect as a group of human beings can possibly make it. It's, you know, you will always have change orders. That's not the end of the world, but you, you know, we do have a budget. We will end up with a budget at some point. Absolutely. And we will have, um, and there'll be some room because we know there's no way that you build anything. You find something. The beginning of the high school, we found out that there was, we did 40 borings on the high school site. And then we got out there and started digging around in the first month and a half of the project and found out even though all 40 borings showed no more than an inch of unsuitable, unsuitable soil, compressible materials, um, there were areas that three feet were. And we ended up signing a very large change order and having to re-excavate the entire footprint of the building down to virgin soil. We could put this building on, filling it, compacting it, and then started pouring for it. So I have two civil engineers, so <laughs> they're getting all this. <laughs> um, we'll advertise. So after we've qualified everybody, we'll only let the people bid that we want to bid. We'll put out the subcontractor bids. This is not a huge, it's not a, as big as a school, but you get your subcontractor bids, then issue them to your general contractors. They'll take the bids, and then a week later, we'll take the general bids for the project. It takes a little while to get through. Um, Pam Vickery is our procurement agent. She'll get a lot of work to do in this project. Um, prepare, after that, we'll prepare the contracts. She'll chase the bonds, sign the contract. Um, we'll have some type of a pre-construction meeting, whether it's a, in a groundbreaking, I would imagine. Um, there will be weekly construction meetings. We always need to keep a real close eye on the project and everything going on. The OPM 
representatives will be at everything. The architects will be at everything. Um, and at that point, it'll be really monthly building committee meetings just to approve things, bills, changes, um, everything going on with the project. You'll be all very intimately involved in this project from the day we put out that first RFP till the day we have an open house. And it's, it's actually a fun project. I love what I do. Um, and this is one thing I really, I really want to see a good state-of-the-art police station that'll give the Franklin police many years of service. Hopefully, I don't think Franklin will grow like it did between the last one and this one. <laughs> I think most people in town hope it doesn't. <laughs> like, hope it doesn't. <laughs> so does anybody have any questions or comments or? Yeah, questions from the committee. Well, somebody's got to have some. Of course. <laughs> Councilor Chairman. Through you, Mr. Chairman. Mike, you're very chill, but I can see the passion. I'm really excited. That was a great presentation. You hit, a, you hit on everything I had written down, so this will be quick, Mr. Chairman. Um, <laughs> um, you talked about the walkthrough for us, and I, I think that's really important, because I think a lot of people, even since I've been gone and Gary, how little room you have down there, and um, just so that we can all see how that poor building, it wasn't built for any future use at all. No. There's nothing. I mean, they've used every closet, every utility room there is down there. So I, I think people need to see that, and I'm sure Jamie will agree with this. When it comes down to the end, we want windows. Yeah, right. We want light. You know, that's something I want to say right now. We really do want that. And, um, and block walls are rough. It is. <laughs> we're, um, we're running conduit on the surface everywhere down there. We're and, um, finish it should yeah. and brighter and not dark. Yeah, no, it just, it just that whole, you'll see when you get on there. It just, it's not inviting. And one last thing for all the people at home, I do, we all know the outside looks nice. We've heard the whole, what is it? Uh, the all heard that. really nice. Yes. Right. It does look nice from the outside, but please, Chief Lynch, will let anyone come in and you can see the dank, no room, people just huddled together. I, I want that to be across this point. So, and um, I think that's it, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Any other questions? Um, committee members, Chief. Uh, one question I had, Mike, was um, a great presentation. You know, read everything and get a great idea from just reading your memo exactly what has to happen. But if everything worked out right, and if everything went wrong, what's the time frame that you would think on something like this? So, the guys that design these things in the size of the project, that. Unlike a school, you could be go through this process in about 
everything went right in about two years, including building it. Um, it's not a huge building, and it's really controlled by like the people in this room. Adding on the OPM and the contractor, we've only had, we've been very successful having good contractors with a couple exceptions. But I, even an architect commented that as a tie frame to me that, well, if, you, if you're trying to build a school today and you're working with MSBA, by the time you get in, go through everything they require you to go through and then get out on the backside, you could spend 10 years, eight to 10 years building a school. But this is, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. I mean, you're not looking at an outrageous construction time. It could probably be built in a year. Uh, I, I, would, I would think, to Mike's point, I think two years is aggressive, and it's aggressive because we don't have a site. Right. And that's going to take some time. Right. And I'd be, if, I, if you would ask me that question, I would say we're probably looking at three, uh, a minimum of three years before we would be able to uh, get something up, just because of the time involved in finding a site, identifying a site, going through what has to go through from uh, the municipal part of the government, from the town council, uh, and so forth. I, I just think, I think, I don't want everybody, anybody to get Oh, two years from now, we'll have a new lease issue. We took six to eight months finding the Keller Sullivan site. Right. And we looked at, and there was a lot more land back. I mean, that was 1999. Um, yeah. And there was a lot more open land in this town in 1999 than there is now. I can tell you the high school, the first building, don't panic. The first building committee was uh, meeting was uh, September of 2008. We opened in 2015. Don't panic. <laughs> but that's how long some of these projects can take. And, I, and just so that everybody has an understanding, early on, the meetings, we're not going to be meeting monthly, every couple of months maybe, until uh, we get into the schematic design or uh, identifying the, uh, uh, the space needs uh, analysis, uh, which is going to come from a lot of work uh, with the chief and yeah. deputy chief. You guys are going to be digging in there, working with the OPM. Uh, the OPM is, for me anyway, having been involved in a bunch of these, the owner's project manager, most important hire we have. Mm -hmm. Even more important than the architect and more important than the contractor. He is, he or she, the company is our eyes and ears from start to finish. And that's why we're looking to bring somebody on now. <clears throat> and just to the uh, RFP uh, for an OPM, Again, 
I promise you by the second or third meeting, uh, I will give you a list of acronyms that you all will become accustomed to and hear throughout the building project. But the owner's project manager uh, will put an RF bill. The our administrative team will be putting an RFP together. Uh, our legal team, uh, Mark Sorrell, will be going through it. I can tell you from having worked on many and worked with uh, Mark through many of these projects, he has these documents down to a science. He doesn't miss a beat when it comes to making sure every I is dotted and every T is crossed. Uh, and a prime example of that was the Horace Mann project. And fucking Horace Mann, <laughs> Horace Mann project was, I refer to as the project from hell. Uh, and it was because we had a bad contractor. Uh, half a bad contractor. Uh, it was a partnership where uh, they bid on the project and again, public bidding laws you're required to take the lowest bid. Uh, we took uh, the lowest bid. It was the uh, partners that, I think they got five schools at the time. Uh, yep. And one of the partners right in the middle of all of that construction decided to take a walk. And the other partner uh, called me on the phone. I met him at, uh, uh, I met him at a coffee shop we had coffee, he said, Tom, you will not have to call the bonding company. I will finish the job. And he did on his own, and it cost him a fortune. And we also got damages for the length of time that were involved. To Michael's point on uh, change orders, whenever somebody says change orders, I go like this, because they're very costly, and they can put whatever they want in that number. Uh, you pay three times as much as you would if it were in the project to begin with. Uh, good example, Horace Mann had 47 change orders. Franklin High School had eight. <laughs> Give you an example of the difference. On top of that, Franklin High School, you've heard them refer to a model school. Just so you understand what that is, the state identified five high schools within the state that were good, good high school, good size schools that they could add on or reduce. And they said, okay, these are model schools. If you come through Mass School Building Authority, uh, you pick one of these schools and you model yours, build it to whatever number of students your community is going to have. So they had built uh, the school uh, seven times, I think, uh, before we built. So everybody was familiar. Most of the things, uh, most of the bugs were gotten out of it. So uh, it was a great situation for the state and it saved the town uh, over 10%. Uh, in, when you look at the total number, uh, because it was model school, and then the state said, okay, no more model schools. And the reason they did is because the same architect and the same contractor 
we're getting all the projects. And they said, wait, wait a minute, we have to figure out how we can split this up. My answer to them was design a better school <laughs> or build a better school. But anyway, we, we don't have that situation here. Uh, and that's why uh, as we go through the process, you'll see you carry design contingencies, you carry construction contingencies, uh, the design contingencies for changes that will come about as you're designing the building or after you've designed it. And the uh, construction contingency, obviously, is for changes you make during construction. But I would like the whole committee to learn this when they hear change order, because it's very costly, and we try to avoid them at all costs. Well, we're in the advantageous position of, you know, within a 25-mile radius of Franklin, you're probably looking at 30 grand in police station oh, really? in the last decade. Easy. It's a great thing. I'm sure we'll be looking at many of them. So, so where we go from here, uh, the administration will build that OPM RFP. Uh, I will get that RFP out to the committee and then set a meeting for a week or two after uh, you've had an opportunity to go through the RFP. Then we'll get together and we'll talk about the RFP and if there's anything that you wanted to change in it. Then uh, from there, once we approve that, we will uh, post it and we'll go out for uh, requests for proposals and then we'll see what comes in. And as Mike alluded to, uh, after we get, you know, uh, I'm, I'm guessing we'll get at least six to 10 uh, OPMs that will uh, bid on this uh, project. So we'll get an opportunity to review them. Uh, and, you know, the OPM, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and then, uh, We'll interview probably the top three and make a decision at that point. And Mike uh, hit a very integral point when he said, then at that point, the negotiations for cost of that uh, OPM, Jamie does that, the town administrator does that. He negotiates with the first choice. Now, if in fact, uh, we can't come, or Jamie can't come to an agreement with the first choice, then we go to the second choice, the third choice. But that's how that would work. Anything to add, Jamie? No, uh, I'm glad you mentioned finances. <laughs> uh, change orders turn my hair gray quick. Uh, if you see any dark hair here, Beaver Street Interceptor will take the rest of them gone as that project goes. Um, you know, I thought the 47 versus eight showcases, you know, the strength of an OPM contractor. Uh, just really quickly, um, you know, you know, I know people have asked questions just for the uh, for the public to listen to. Uh, we've gotten some emails on this too. I think the council has. Um, I agree with Council Chandler. I think you know it, it's really important you know, to change the culture in general around public safety buildings of being more accessible, more inviting. 
more light, more windows, and just making them more of a community building is not just a place where we go put people away for a few days until they can go on to wherever they're going. Um, and once you go through the police station and we do that tour, all the comments you hear tonight, you'll see it firsthand, right? Um, and uh, the public will be invited to those uh, as well. Um, a lot of people have emailed us about uh, net zero. Um, and you know, as we go through the process with um, with the OPM, um, you know, state building codes have changed. You know, the legislature is considering more of them. Um, you know, the OPM will really guide us on that. The community should rest assured we are going to try to navigate through that concept. Um, it'll be on the wish list, uh, as the chairman alluded to. At some point, you know, the you know, the, the money piece right. comes in, and the committee is going to have to make some decisions about the return on investment from that. I know there's. I've been a lot of comments from folks at meetings about we should be all net zero, net zero, net zero, and I get it. Um, but when you see the price tag of some of these things, it's, it's really gonna have to weigh with what the committee wants to present to the community about how much a building's gonna cost. Um, and I, as Mike pointed out earlier, as Chair Mercer said, um, you know, think just 10 years ago was the high school at 105 million or so. Uh, Tri-County's looking at 300 million. <coughs> Um, we're familiar with some other school buildings um, that are in the pipeline, like Keith Tech and some other large buildings. I mean, in, in, in a handful of years, unless there's some of the drop in the economy, you're looking at a four or five hundred million dollar school. You're looking at a half a billion school. So um, the police station won't be anywhere near that cost, uh, but it does show that as we go through this process, some of the other towns that have had public safety stations, um, you know, cost is going to be a factor. We've all talked about budgets recently. Um, but we'll try to evaluate those. And Mike, uh, lastly, did mention uh, the council a couple years ago did appropriate the $150,000 uh, to get the OPM on board. So uh, with that foresight, we're pretty much ready to go. Um, the last question I would have for Mike is, um, how, when do you expect an RFP to be drafted for the OPM? And um, you know, when do you think the committee will be able to get a draft? Probably by October, by, you know, I would think. So we have these things. We've done lots of them. It's not rocket science. Um, we've issued, I have every RFP that's been put up with Norma Collins since, you know, the early 2000s. So um, we'll start working on that. And the other, the other thing about when you're talking energy, I spend a lot of time working with National Grid, and National Grid gives us money like there's no tomorrow. And right now, based National Grid is really throwing money at electric buildings, and there will be a really lot of money available to do this in that fashion. I mean, we have. We have our own solar farm. I mean, we own the output of Upper Union, part of Bellingham's solar farm. So, but National Grid is heavily invested and has been in the town of Franklin for the past 25 years. And they've paid for so many things, like on the high school, it was about $550,000 worth of rebates. But now their rebates are all turning towards um, heat pumps and things. 
and they're staggering rebates because nobody's taking them. Um, and so things like that, like they've been paying for the installs of all my electric charging stations. State gives us the chargers, grid pays most of the cost for the charging stations. I mean, they just, and having a continued very good relationship with National Grid is of the benefit of any town, but most towns don't take advantage of it. And we will on this project as well. We get every cent, the minute we start designing this building, we'll be meeting with National Grid, MassSave, um, Eversource, that whole deal will be. So we're gonna get as much money from them as we possibly can. Great. Are there any other questions from the committee? Is there any questions out there in Zoom land? I don't see any views. Thanks. Okay, with that, uh, again, as, uh, as I alluded to, I will send off, or we will send off to the committee the RFP draft uh, as soon as it's completed, and then I'll schedule a meeting a couple of weeks after that. Is there a particular night that uh, works, doesn't work for anybody? I mean, Wednesday's okay? Yeah. That's great. I'm back. Most of the time, we are. Works for me, too. Probably works for our wives as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, with that, then, I will entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Not debatable. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Opposed? Thank you, General. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.